back to another edition of Redbird Report. We're switching it up this week. I'm your host, Scott Preros. With me, I have Jake Shermersheim. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, we have a little bit to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, women's golf, who got the conference championship. And that's going to be the third women's sports team to win a conference championship this year for ISU. So that's a pretty cool feat there for ISU. Um, they, were, they were up quite a bit on that final day. They probably... A little nervous going to that uh, score check at the end. They only ended up winning by one, even though they were up by, like you said, seven at the start of the day. So that's a uh, pretty cool for them. Yeah, first time since 2013 they've won it. Um, you know, they came in day one. They played all right, tied for third with I want to say they were at 309. They were tied with like Indiana State, um, and then they really their best day was the second day because they flipped that a. Uh, to a seven-stroke lead, that's a 12-stroke differential right there. I know those conditions weren't good because it was pretty yeah. – it was the pictures I saw, everyone was bundled up. It looks pretty windy. And they they played well. Um, Allie Schrock led the way. She finished second overall in the tournament, and she ended up getting um, golfer of the year from the NBC. Brianna Hall also earned coach of the year. Um, just a really good effort overall. They had quite a few people finish in the top ten. Just a good all-around performance, like you said. I mean, they had, like you said, Schrock, golfer of the year. She's had a great year for them. Uh, Kira Wolf um, came in. She was originally a substitute, ended up shooting a 77 for them. Uh, Avalon Woodward shot a 73 in that final round to help her out. So, I mean, everyone did a little bit of everything there. So they'll be decided who or, or what they're going to look like in the NCAA selection show uh, next Wednesday, April mm-hmm. 27th. So we'll see what – we'll keep you guys updated on that. But uh, – in the meantime, I mean, like you said, that's a big achievement for him. My first time in nine yeah. years. Yeah. Um, like I said, Schrock finished second. Keller Koss finished fourth. And Emma Ruger took tenth. So you got three golfers in the top ten. Um, I probably should know this. Is it? Do they only take the top three scores in golf for team? I, I want to say it's top four. Top, okay, because I know they have, they only like play five, and in high school they play six, and I couldn't remember if they... Top four would make sense to me, because with a two, 309, 295, yeah, yeah. 307, I'd mm-hmm. say they're all shooting somewhere above the 70s, so that would make the most sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that would be the most sense. Um, And the three you named all got all conference mm-hmm, this yep. year, so... Um, yeah, but they, they'll play the, the NCAA tournament, that doesn't start until May... Early May, I'm trying to find the exact date right now. It wasn't in the press release. Yeah, I couldn't find that either. Like I said, I mean, they get announced a week from today, but they haven't announced uh, when the actual tournament is. Um, May 9th to 11th. Okay. Yeah, hosted by Michigan. Um, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Redbirds compete. Um, but honestly, that just shows how dominant isu sports have been maybe not like men's basketball or football like the main sports you think of when you think isu but volleyball um you know they got their trip to the ncaa tournament women's basketball um j mac and um oh her the other name's slipping my mind right now alana laster alana laster and um angelica labot all made the uh, the gymnastics, NCAA tournament, Eva Reyes made the swimming and diving. So ISU women's sports have been really, really good this year. Um, it's just another example uh, shows how deep ISU is, and you know maybe not those 
those like main sports like you'd want to think about, but ISU is it's from top to bottom pretty solid this year. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. I think uh they they showed some, some great signs and I think uh I think it'll continue the next coming years. So uh, anything else you want to talk about with women's golf? Um no. Oh briefly wanted to mention men's golf NBC championship comes up this weekend. Um, they should be able to, to compete being around the top three, I would assume. Yeah, that's usually what they've been most of the year in terms of the conference. So that'll be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, this coming weekend in Kentucky. So we'll keep you guys updated on that as well next week. Um, hopefully they can bring home another championship for ISU. So I think we're good to move on to baseball. Yeah, baseball. They've been... Um... How do you feel about a baseball team at this point in the season? I just think they're so inconsistent. Yeah. Their offense is the is my worry because of how inconsistent it is. Like you have Saramek and you have these guys who have great games every once in a while, but then you also have games so they they shut out Valparaiso seven nothing game one mm-hmm. of the series, and then they go and drop an A the next two, scoring three runs over the final two games, outscored by nine total runs. So I mean. It, the inconsistency is going to be something that you definitely need to look out for. I would agree for sure, and I thought it was interesting. I went to the the Friday game, and uh, really that was a great game for ISU. Jared Hart in his first start of the year went five and a third, no hits. Um, and really besides that, the middle of the lineup was raking. The two through six ball all had at least two hits. And I talked to uh, head coach Steve Holm after the game, and he was really happy with how – their defense was clicking, or excuse me, their offense, and he was talking about how that how that depth is starting to show up. And I mean, kind of, but really, like you said, the inconsistency or the consistency is just not there. You put up five runs, seven or nine runs, and then seven runs, and then you go two and one. It it's kind of rough. And then you know they did win yesterday at Milwaukee, four to three. Uh, took them to extra innings. Ryan Cermak. At another game leading off home run. I want to say that's his third or fourth of the year that's leading off a game. This one was inside the park. He showed off his wheels kind of. The ball was kind of coming in as he slid into home plate, but it's pretty yeah. much uncontested. Pretty much. Um, and then ISU really didn't do a whole lot else besides that. They got lucky with a couple runs in the seventh off an air pretty much. They um, allowed Connor Olsen to score on the air and then. Aiden Huggins was able to move up to third because of that error, and he ended up scoring just on a fielder's choice. So, like, ISU didn't really do a whole lot to get those runs, and then that go-ahead run was a home run. It, they're kind of living and dying by the home run this year. It really seems like it. Saramac has been a, obviously the big part of their offense, but, yeah, home runs have been their key thing. And I was talking about it on the other podcast last week, and they – they're not very spread out in terms of where the offense is coming from. I was looking at a lot of the other teams at the top of the conference, like Dallas Baptist and these other guys, and you have multiple guys with 20-plus RBIs. I mean, for ISU, you have McCall has 34, Cermak has 29, and then the next closest is Guile with 19, and then after that, 12, 12, 12, 11. So, I mean, it's not nearly as consistent. You're getting production from really just three main guys for ISU at this point, and it it, that's going to have to change if they want to compete with some of these top-level teams in the conference and overall in the in college baseball. 
I would agree. They got a big rivalry coming up against Bradley. Bradley's been pretty hot recently, too. I don't know if you... you did they about... sweep Dallas Baptist, or did they just... They won the series for sure. They might have swept them. I, I know they won the first two games, but I missed if they had uh, won that third game. But still, I mean, taking two games at least from Dallas Baptist, I, they're... And before that, they were... They were, like, 18. Oh, they're still at 18, though. So they're 11 and 19, Bradley is. Mm-hmm. And that's after they went ahead and went 2-1 and one against Dallas Baptist. So, And then most recently they lost to Iowa. But So, I mean, Bradley's definitely not a team to mess with. I mean, they got a three-game series here at Duffy Bass Field this week, and I think that's going to be a really interesting series. It'll be... It'll be interesting to see what ISU can do if they can find that consistency that we were just talking about. Yeah, Dallas Baptist is now number 23, actually. So they did drop. Still top 25 team. They'll come around next weekend. That'll be tough. Um, but at least ISU is hosting Bradley and Dallas Baptist. Yeah, that'll be nice to see. Um, I don't really have too much more about baseball. No, I don't think so. I, like I said, three-game <coughs> series this weekend against Bradley. Got a game against Southern uh, Southern Edwardsville Tuesday, and then they host Indiana Wednesday, and then three-game series against Dallas Baptist next weekend. So those will all be some pretty good games for ISU. Uh, last thing I think we want to talk about is softball. Mm-hmm. Softball, I think it's like the same thing for them. They will win a lot of games in a row and then lose a lot of games in a row. Their offense is extremely inconsistent. Same thing. I mean, they uh, against Bradley, they won, they lost three to four in the first game, and then won six to one the second game. So they're sitting at nineteen and twenty one, nine and seven of the conference. But I think that I talked to Coach um, Melinda Fisher earlier in the year, and she was saying that this is about where she saw her team being at this point in the year. She's at about five hundred, maybe a little higher in conference play, and I mean that's where they are. So I think they're meeting expectations, but they're not quite exceeding them yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do here. Um, they will travel to Northern Iowa for a three-game set this weekend, doubleheader Saturday, and a game Sunday. But like I said, I think this team's another team that they just got to find that consistency. They have their potential, but it's just they're not getting it every game. Yeah, I agree. Um, a big thing for them this year is they're missing a bunch of starting pitching. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they've been inconsistent. They won five straight and then lost three straight before bouncing back in the second game of that doubleheader yesterday. I, yeah, they're just – it's the same problem, like you said, just inconsistency. And I think their stats might be a little bit better, except for they don't even have the proper yeah, stats up right now. They don't have the proper stats up, but like you were talking about the pitching. They really have two pitchers that yeah. they go with. It's Amanda Fox and Hannah Ross switch off, and they both have their games where they look really good, but they also have their games where they, they really struggle. I just think that just comes down to depth at some yeah. point. Definitely. I would agree with that. But, yeah, like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting if they can do the rest of the year. Like I said, three-game series against Northern Iowa, big conference series. They beat Northern Iowa early this year, so um, we'll see what they can do there. Like I said, they're 9-7 and seven in conference play, which I want to check. I think that puts them as, like, fourth or fifth in the conference, and they were projected to finish sixth earlier uh, in the preseason uh, standings. But, like I said, I mean, anything can happen. Same with baseball. I, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played in reality. I mean, they still got, what, a month left of the regular season? Yeah, they still got a month. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Illinois State's actually third in conference at 9-7. and seven. You and I has only lost one conference game all year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they can do here. It 
uh, they have a lot of potential. Maybe get another conference championship for the women's sports, but uh, they're going to have to, like I said, find some consistency on that offense and on that defensive side. If Hannah Ross and Amanda Fox are on, they're hard. They're a hard team to beat, for sure. Yeah. Um. I don't really have anything else to say about softball. Do you? No, I don't think so. But I, I just have... want to touch on one more thing: the transfers for basketball. Oh yeah. Were you, are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at right now? No, I wasn't. This is a so. I saw this from a random Twitter account from a Loyola podcast. Um, but so far in the transfer portal, no four first team players are projected to return. Isaiah Mosley is not technically transferring, but I, he's entering the draft, isn't he? They haven't said anything. I I would think he would enter the draft, but I I think I saw uh, Wyatt Wheeler tweet that him about going into the draft. Um, it wouldn't and surprise then he, me. What I also heard is that if he doesn't get drafted, he's probably not going to go back to Missouri State. So that's all five of the first-teamers gone. You got Noah Carter of I gone. Uh, Antonio Reeves gone from the second team. He's still got Tucker DeVries, Marcus Domask, and Garrett Sturzo. You got two more players from the third team gone and two more from the all-newcomer team. So they, the Valley's lost a ton of talent. Out of the 20 players... Named on the first team, second team, third team, and all newcomer. Only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight remain. Nine if you count Mosley if he does end up returning. Yeah. It's uh it lost a lot of talent. And then like we I don't Missouri State entering or Murray State entering the conference for basketball. I mean Yeah, they, they lost, lost a ton I, of team people. I wanna say they lost eight scholarship players in the transfer portal in this offseason, which was crazy to me that's ridiculous and Listen, like, everyone thought they were going to come in as the strongest team in the valley right away and then they take some big losses yeah for sure it's going to be they got their hands full here uh coming up in uh conference play i think and i've talked about this before i think this conference is really up for grabs at this point i mean i thought murray state but they lost so much talent it's going to be so hard to tell who uh who's going to be able to win that conference for basketball. But I think it'll be a fun conference to watch. Illinois State added a couple of really solid transfers. Um, oh, yeah, we should probably mention that. Uh, Colton Sandage was late last week, I believe, right? And then they added uh, Poindexter, I want to say is his name. I'm not positive. Uh, yeah, Malachi it. Poindexter and Poindexter. Uh, Darius Burford. Or uh, Darius Buford, I want to say, from um, – Elon. Yeah, Buford's from Elon and Poindexter's from Virginia. Um, Poindexter's interesting to me because he didn't really get – he got an all right amount of playing time. I think he averaged like 17 or so. He never shot, though. Yeah, it's, it, it was a weird it was a weird time at Virginia for him. Uh, but, I mean, I think he'll be a good piece. The thing with ISU basketball right now is their guard depth is there, I guess, at this point. They do have a decent amount of guards, and I think that's what they're focusing on the transfer portal. But when you talk about post play, they're looking at, I believe it's Liam McChesney, Ryan Schmidt, and Alex Katov. Yeah, and you could maybe argue that Kendall Lewis could shift yeah. down there. But I, if I'm ISU, I'm not wanting to really move him to a post guy because he's, he's tall and he's athletic, but he's not really like a true five. And he's no. not like a true center. Not at all. Um. Uh, yeah, this team is looking – it has potential, and I think 
And I talked to Peden about this, that the Valley's pretty wide open and that he likes ISU's recruiting chances right now with just with the Valley being open and, you know, a new regime and everything they're trying to change. Um, but they're going to have to still land some pretty big transfers, I would say. I'm going to – ISU has to land a decent post player because I just don't think McChesney or Schmidt will still be ready to be that Full-time. impactful starter next year. Yeah, but, I mean, there's still a lot of time left until next season, mm-hmm. and currently, technically, ISU has four scholarship spots open. Um, there's a pair of twins, the Simpkins twins, who have committed, but they haven't signed yet. So if they sign, then it's down to two. But for now, there's technically four scholarship spots open. So, I mean, Peden has got his uh, – he's got some time to build out the rest of this roster, and, I mean mm-hmm. – it's his, it's his roster. It, we were talking about this, I think, uh, last week. He, it, they, It's a clean slate for him. I mean, he has his chance to make the team that he wants to make. And, I mean, I think he's doing what he wants to do right now. I mean, he's got some players that I think he's pretty happy with. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything for me. I think that's everything. Um, draft coming up next week. I don't think any ISU players are going to get their name called. ISU had a really low amount of seniors, so I would be even surprised if they got – any undrafted free agents, unless I'm just completely missing someone? Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you on that. I don't think they have a ton. There's a couple of MVFC players, though, that should be up there. T- uh, Taylor Pinning for Northern Iowa, I've seen him projected as a late first-rounder. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's going to be good. He's nasty. And then Christian Watson, who's just got burners. He's been late first-round, second-round projection. Yeah, um, so it'll be... I think there will be a few guys drafted out of this conference here. Yeah, but that's all I wanted to say about that. There's not really – I mean, Jarrell Jackson might get some looks, but even then I'm not sure if he'll get any looks as an undrafted player at ISU. Yeah, that's what I'm looking – I'm looking through the roster right now. Um, Not this year, maybe in a few – Maybe, I guess. He he was pretty solid throughout his time. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I said – Actually, I do have one – one person a lot of people might not be thinking of is because he's a fullback, but Tim McCloin, the second, I could see him getting some looks. Yeah. For, uh, like, undrafted free agent. But, yeah, anyway, like like we said, not a whole lot of ISU players I would expect to be involved this year. No, probably not. Um, I think that's everything for me. Yeah. So, uh, make sure to follow everything ISU Sports on our Twitter account at vedette underscore sports and our main account at the underscore vedette and remember stay hot